1: And a good football Monday, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming on in with us here on Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac duo, John McMullen and Jordy McDonald here to hang with you for the next couple hours. couple good guests coming your way and a pretty good uh, practice recap from our guy John McMullen. Boots on the ground down there at Eagles practice, sweating it out on Friday But not too shabby yesterday, Johnny Mac. I got outside at about uh, 10.30, 11 o'clock yesterday. I said, oh, nice day today. Eagles must be putting in some good
5: work. It was beautiful. Um, Longest practice they have. So, yeah, that wasn't because of the weather. That's just the schedule. But, um, yeah, it was beautiful. You can't complain, especially after Friday. It was uh, oppressive, as they say. (laughs) Uh, To say the least, that Um,
1: that's what summer practices are all about. You get some work in now, it'll make you stronger come December, right?
5: uh, Yeah, that's the theory. But the NFL has changed. We talk about it all the time. You know, I was just reading about Mike McDaniel in Miami. He shifted gears toward more of an Eagle philosophy. I see from some of the reporters down there. So, I mean, uh, it's not just the Eagles. They they tend to be ahead of the curve and. Now it seems like a lot of teams are following uh, their lead, maybe not to the extent, but uh, similar type of things because significant change for him down there. Uh, and it's very similar to what the Eagles are doing, you know, have a practice day, then a rest or a walk through or not, and try to, to keep those doubled up days as, as slim as possible, as few as possible, which seems to be the Eagles thought process as well
1: Uh, might have something (laughs) to do with Jalen Ramsey not being able to play the December now because he got hurt in a practice yeah well well, that's not I
5: mean like the torn meniscus he he tours meniscus that kind of stuff is like there's not much you can do about it you know talking to Dallas Goddard the other day he was talking about his injury I mean 300 guy falls pound guy falls on your shoulder. I mean, there's not much sports science can do about that, but with the soft tissue stuff, I think Joe Burrow is the better example because he showed up one day and then he got sore and he had the calf sleeve on because he was sore. And all of a sudden he's got a strained calf the next day. And then you start thinking, well, you know, maybe, maybe there's something to this. Um, And they dodged a bullet that it's not more serious. But uh, injuries, torn ACLs, Achilles, meniscus, sports science not helping you with that stuff.
1: And the one thing you know for sure, if you're sitting in an air-conditioned room, you're probably not going to get hurt. But if you're out there on the field, even a non-contact injury is a possibility. So that's why the Eagles may be a leader in the clubhouse, but it seems like all NFL teams believing that they can get ready for a season as much in the classroom as they can out there in the field. We'll see how it plays out uh, leading into the season. All right. Uh, the two days of practice that you've seen since you were last here with us on Bird's 365. Hot as heck on Friday. Nice yesterday. Uh, give us a little recap of guys who jumped uh, up for you and, and look good, at least as per your reporting, everybody is reporting. I'm guessing that Nick Sirianni was in a good mood after yesterday's practice because Quez Watkins might've had as good a practice as anybody else out there. Yeah,
5: he, he was good. Um, he, he was, and I think, you know, part of it is like it's one of those problems with those statistics that you'll read in certain places. I mean, day one was about red zone. And I asked Nick about that. That's, you know, it's got sort of a dual purpose in that, you know, on the first day, they don't want guys running all out 60 yards. They want closed, confined spaces. So that's why they kind of do it the way they do it. Day two was about installing a lot of the running game. So there wasn't – you didn't hear a lot of stuff about the receivers. I mean, very few targets because they weren't working on that. Uh, and uh, Sunday was third down day, third down jamboree, as they call it. So a lot of passing – uh, the guys got more involved. Uh, the receivers got, and they showed up more magically. Uh, mm-hmm. But Quez had a good day. Um, and I think, you know, nobody doubts Quez's athleticism and the fact that he can run. I think with him, it's about consistency. So, you know, can he back that up on, on Tuesday when they're back on the practice field? I think that's the thing you got to watch with Quez Watkins. Uh, consistency and um, that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, the acclimation period ends today. Um, so the Eagles can put on the pads tomorrow if they want to. Um, All right. You know, Let's get well. Mac prediction of the day. Yeah, I assume they will. Will they? It was funny, you know, because Nick was asked about, I, you know, people joke that Zach, Zach Berman and I are the only ones who know the acclimation period. And, and, Um, Nick was asked when he could put the pads on, and even he didn't know uh, yesterday, uh, which I found kind of funny. But he can put them on Tuesday. I assume they will. My prediction would be that they will be on. Because he kept saying yesterday, you know, no matter what question he got, specifically with offensive linemen, Cam Jurgens, defensive linemen, you know, whether it's Nolan Smith or Jalen Carter, running backs, got to put the pads on, got to wait, especially with those positions and he's right. Um, And, and, you know, people are going to start separating themselves when the pad comes on. That's how Reed Blankenship made this team last year. They're like, uh, Reed's here on drafted rookie night. Then the pads come on. They're like, Whoa, it's a little different. Um, five year starter physical. They said the same thing about Alex Singleton, when he came back from the CFL all spring, they were like, oh, "He's a really smart guy down at the bottom of the depth chart. Then the pads came on and it was like, whoop, shot straight up. So it it, it does make a big difference. Does in the evaluation of the players. And uh, some
1: guys did kind of flash here these first couple of days. Uh, no full well. I'm doing this with tongue firmly implanted in cheek. Uh, shame on Christian Ellis. What happened? Stopped intercepting the ball. Didn't get picks these last couple of days. He was like the number one uh, interceptor of the Philadelphia Eagles through the early uh, OTAs in the first day of practice. Uh, They decided to stop throwing at Christian Ellis. Johnny Mack?
5: Well, as as I said, I mean, those things are kind of – the fact that he was three for three, two OTAs, and then day one, is pretty phenomenal in this era. And as I said, they didn't work a lot on the passing game, um, at least as a whole in the first two practices. Uh, It was more ramped up on on day three. Um, And he's clearly, I mean, he's clear. And and when I say clearly, I mean clearly the Eagles' best coverage linebacker. Um, Now, you know, in one-on-ones, he kind of locked down Kenny Gainwell twice in back-to-back. It was actually seven on seventh. Um, and that's pretty impressive for a linebacker. Uh, I, I, I'm intrigued by him. I think, you know, he's got a chance to win the job from Nicholas Morrow, but I can't sit here and say that's a strength for the Eagles as far as coverage goes. Yeah. He's, he's been interceptions kind of come, you know, you need a lot of things to go right. Um, and And they're not going to be consistent every single day, especially with linebackers. but to me it's more impressive that those back to back game well reps are more impressive than the interceptions. Sometimes the pass rush hits home and they just throw it to you. That happened to Bradbury Mariota under fire, third and fifteen uh was was the sequence He just threw the ball right to right, right to Bradbury. Bradbury's a great corner, savvy corner, Um, but it's one of those, you know, it was a gift for him, Um, and that's an interception. You know, um, the the practice on day one, a lot of people said that was also Marcus uh, throwing it to Christian. A lot of people said that if you read it, threw it right to him. To me, it's more impressive when he locks down Kenny Gainwell, um, even though it didn't result in an interception.
1: All right, but you got to be able to make the INT. Sometimes they throw the ball right to you, and oops, uh, specifically linebackers. Defensive backs supposed to have good hands like wide receivers. Linebackers, not so much. Even at a gifted interception, you give the guy a little credit for it. And Christian Ellis is opening eyes, uh, at least as per your writings, other people's writings yesterday. DeAndre Swift, something you and I have talked about plenty since basically they acquired DeAndre Swift. How much – is DeAndre Swift going to be part of the passing game here in Philadelphia? Throwing to the ball to the back side of the backfield last year was a minimal, at best, part of the Eagles' overall offense. They just didn't do it a lot, whether it was because they didn't have confidence in the guys they were potentially throwing the ball to, or it's not a strength of Jalen Hurts, the screen pass, or that the, the chuck, check down. When they get to uh, the third or fourth, Jalen Hurts taking off. Boom. He's up the field. That means he's not dumping the ball off. But DeAndre Swift has opened some eyes. So do you believe that the Eagles will work hard at making guys out of the backfield, mostly Swift, but Gainwell as well, a bigger part of the offense this year than it was last year?
5: Um, yes and no, I think there'll be more design plays, uh, or Deandre catching the football. Um, but obviously when you have AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, it's not going to be, you know, any kind of focus. Um, what, what I have noticed is that they're trying to get him involved. Like yesterday, they, they essentially started practice after individuals, uh, working on bubble screens, my favorite play. Uh, ugliest play in football uh, maybe besides the tush push but um and they weren't very good at that last year one of the few things they weren't good at um and i don't think anybody's that good at it but it, it's become a staple in the nfl um and i think he's got a better chance to 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 make something of those plays than um some of the people they were lo- using on them last year, because he's a running back. He's, he's got the ability to make that first guy miss. That's what you got to do on that play. Essentially. You got to mm-hmm. make something miss. And I of a sudden, especially if you can ramp up the speed, you might have something. Uh, and I think he can do that. So I think there's going to be more design plays uh, for him. Uh, you and I've talked about it. And we're on the same page with that. I, I just don't think Jalen hurts is, is a dump off guy. Um, So I don't think there's going to be a lot of dumping it off to the back, Uh, but it will increase design plays for the running back as a receiver will increase because DeAndre can do it and he's already proven he can do it in Detroit. He's already proven he can do it here. The first couple of days, he's legit. He's a really good receiver coming out of the backfield. So I think they will utilize it. Um, But, again, you have a pecking order, and the design of this offense is to get the ball. And A.J. Brown has looked unbelievable. Um, Just if if somebody at that level can get better, he's done it. Um, And we know Devontae and how good he is. And we know Dallas Goddard and how good he is. I mean, that's the focus of this offense, and Nick says it constantly. Those are the three guys the passing offense is built upon. That's not changing.
1: But balance is a key. What can make those guys on the outside even more effective is if you can't cheat on them, if you have to protect against the fact that you're going to throw the ball uh, to a guy out of the backfield every once in a while. If you know it's going downfield every single play, yeah, you sit back more in zone and double coverage and you cheat a safety that way. When you actually have to play a fair and balanced defense, it gets even tougher to stop those studs on the outside. So I can see where the youth would like to add a little bit more to it and the uh, guys out of the backfield getting the ball via the air. And I'll disagree with your statement on the ugliest play in football being the bubble screen. It all comes down to how it works. If you hit on a bubble screen, you get the right block, you get the receiver to make that first man miss. Oh, it's going to be a beautiful play. Yeah, but that's what I'm
5: talking about, Jody. Yeah, I know that. But the percentage of it working is not great. So, yeah, when you hit it, um, unless you have that hormone in your body that makes you forget things, um, it doesn't make me forget the 12 times it didn't work. Uh, So, you know,
1: I think you're suggesting 11 times it's a failure once it's. uh, uh, Yeah, I don't
5: like that percentage. Uh, especially yeah, I, when you have, I don't
1: agree with 11 out of 12 being a fair uh, failure.
5: Uh, I might be exaggerating for effect, but uh, 11 out of 12 is a failure, yeah. I mean, come I on,
1: I don't think that would be natural. Uh,
5: uh... uh, but uh, yeah, it doesn't work a lot, and it hasn't worked a lot for this particular team. Um, and it's become a staple in college football, and it's ugly there, uh, and it's either ugly for the offense or defense because. Either you're so god awful defensively, like you're a Big Twelve team, you can't stop a simple play, or you have no imagination on offense and you can't go to anything else. So you keep doing the same thing. You know me and the modern sports. It's a math and I've talked about this at length with Shane Steichen, who I love. So it's not like it's a math equation. You got an extra ban, you take advantage of it. You often get out of the play you called because you see, oh, we got an advantage and just throw it out there and hope somebody hits the block. It's sort of like modern. it's, it's the ugly part of modern football because you don't have a lot of practice time. Um, we talk about that ad na. So you try to get things accomplished that are easier to do and easier to teach because you don't have the time to teach the really involved stuff the Bill Wall stuff, all that kind of stuff. Um, So I get it, but it's not pretty. Aesthetically, can it work? Yes. Aesthetic. I'm just talking pure aesthetics. That's what I'm talking about. It's an ugly football play. And I disagree with your characterization. It all
1: comes down to how the play goes. When it works, I think it's a very pretty play. (laughs) I think it's a very exciting play. When it fails, it's as ugly as all get out. Yes, you and I are in agreement on that, but I I think there's a, you're rolling the dice. Uh maybe not 50-50, but sixty-forty, 40 surely not uh 95-5. Uh, if you have good players who can do what is required on a bubble screen, it can be a really effective play. And maybe DeAndre Well, I Smith, want to
5: see the team that's successful, 60, maybe a college team, maybe you know, maybe Alabama playing Wofford. Maybe they're successful 60% of the time with that nonsense, but uh, not at the NFL level. I'd love to see a team succeed on that thing 60% of the time. Ain't happening. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's a 40-60. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, more often than not, uh, it it's not as effective, but it can be effective. You just got to uh, have the right guys on the field, one of which may be DeAndre Swift, which, oh, by the way, on my CBS show this weekend, I got some pushback from Lion fans when I continue to say I think the Lions are a little overhyped and overrated coming into the season. <laughs> so uh, I guess we got a good Detroit affiliate, so I got a little bit of a pushback from uh, Detroit people. I- I'll go on record right here, right now. DeAndre Swift will put up better numbers this year than Jameer Gibbs. And the Lions had a pretty good backfield grouping last year. with Williams with all the touchdown to DeAndre Swift. And they said, we're moving off both of them. Why? I'm not altogether too sure. And oh, by the way, drafting Jameer Gibbs. Now you got him for, for uh, five more years and the whole throw the, the tag on him if you want that the NFL went through this year with uh, Jacobs and, and uh, Saquon and the like. I get it. You got control of him for that much longer. And DeAndre was on his last year of his contract, but he's making half of what Jameer Gibbs is making this year, counting on the cap half and Jameer Gibbs hasn't had an NFL carry yet. And they decided to overdraft Jameer Gibbs and make him one of the key elements of the team when they already had a guy who could get it done like DeAndre Swift. So Jody Mack on the record right here, right now, DeAndre Swift in Philadelphia will have a more productive year than overdrafted Jamar Gibbs will have in Detroit. But if you listen to Lion fans, Jameer Gibbs is going to be the next. Well, you got to have
5: optimism. You got to have up. Op- they definitely overdrafted him. There's no question about that. But Lions fans will argue they overdrafted DeAndre Swift at the top of the second round because he didn't. You know he topped out at whatever it was, 613 yards, I think, as a runner. They were expecting him to be. A 12, 1300 yard guy. Now, maybe he is here because of the offensive line, but, you know, Detroit was in the conversation for having the second. Yeah, they got a good
1: offensive line. I had no excuse. Their offensive line is fine.
5: Yeah. So, I mean, they would, they look at him as a disappointment. Eagles fans are going to look at him as saying a new toy. Uh, You know, he's got, and if he ever puts it together, he's got tremendous talent. But to be fair to the Detroit pants he never put it together um, in 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 Detroit for what they were expecting and expectations. Uh, we talk about that a lot with Derek Barnett. You know, they expected more, so he's a disappointment to them. Now he comes to a new city, gets a second chance, and everybody's hyped up, and that's normal. That's uh, usually me, what uh,
1: happens. Let me let me ask you a question. Like I said, second round back, not first round back, second round back. Um, first year, um, nine hundred and change yards combined with eight tu- with ten touchdowns. Ten, ten touchdowns. You're number one for Jameer Gibbs. You calling that a disappointment?
5: Um, no, I'm not. Okay, I think fans do. I think right. fans. Well, I'm not.
1: I don't more. give a. I don't give a flying fart about the Detroit fans. Apparently, mm. they're showing they don't know football enough. I'm giving you that much credit that I'll I'll take your word for it. 900 yards combined, uh, passing and rushing, and 10 touchdowns. Second year, 617 on the ground, 452 in the air, over 1,000 yards, and seven more touchdowns. Oh, terribly disappointing year. What are you talking about, Detroit fans? That's perfectly fine for a second-round running back who's sharing time in the backfield. And, oh, by the way, he missed uh, three games each of his first two years, and last year he missed two games, rushed for 500, caught for almost 400, Nine hundred yards again and eight touchdowns. How the hell is that disappointing, John? How how, how dumb can Detroit fans be?
5: To go, oh my God, no, it's, Swift it's, three years here in Detroit thing. was so
1: disappointing.
5: He was a solid player, and they thought he was going to be a star player. It's the same; it happens all the time. Happens all the time. And he mentioned second round pick. Yeah, but there's a big difference between thirty five and sixty. Where'd
1: they take Jameer Gibbs?
5: Uh, 12. Oh, Oh, they expect a lot.
1: All right. Like I I said, let's compare Jameer Gibbs' rookie season to DeAndre Swift's rookie season. So if DeAndre Swift's rookie season, from where he was picked and what expectations were,
5: uh, Jameer Gibbs, might they might run him out of town. Oh, if if, if, if he doesn't perform, and I started this conversation saying he was overdrafted. No question about it. They overdrafted him. Because even if he is a star, they overdrafted him because they could have gotten him later in the process. Um, So that, to me, is not even a question. Uh, I'm just talking about from the perspective of what Swift was sold uh, as to that fan base. That's it. So when you have those expectations, um, and it happens in every NFL city, and you don't live up to them, you become a disappointment. That's just the way it works. It's often not fair. I say it all the time. It's not fair at times. He was a solid football player. They thought he was going to be better. They certainly thought he was going to be better running the football. I don't think, but you were dealing with the, I don't deal with the Lions fans that much. I don't think they would complain about him as a receiver, but the running aspect of it, um, they were expecting more. I think that's fair to say.
1: 4.6, 4.1, 5.5 yards per carry last year. 5.5 yards. Disappointed in that? Well, how, when was the last time the Lions won? They won one playoff game in 40 years? Oh, yeah. It's all Jameer Gibbs. Uh, excuse me. It's all DeAndre Swift fault and the underachieving three years. Well, had I don't there think they
5: Detroit. said all, but if you take a kid 35, forget about Jameer Gibbs. You take any running back 35, any team in the NFL, you expect that guy at some point to be a bell cow. You expect that guy to be your number one back, your lead back, whatever terminology you want to use. That's the expectation at that position in this era. Uh, 35 is essentially – you're a top running back. It's weird when you're drafted at 12. It's even weirder when you're drafted at eight, um, as we see with the devaluation of running backs all over the league. If you're picked at 35, any team, any city, if the Eagles did it, they took miles at 53, expecting him to be a lead back. Any any back, any city, if you're taking at 35, you got to be a lead back. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think he was a lead back. They just decided to throw the ball as often as they
5: did because a lot of times they were losing well, football Jamal games. Williams was their lead back last year. I mean, there's no question about that. He was he was the guy. He was the traffic. He was the touchdowns. Now, why did they move on from him and sign David Montgomery for more money? Uh, maybe they think the tread was off the tire. It didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, by no estimation was he the lead back in Detroit. Um, and that's, you know, that's, he's a good player, but got to be fair to the Lions fans as well. And they they were expecting more. So the expectations always skew things. All right. So let me get this right. Jamal Williams
1: was their lead back and he surely was many more carries, more yards and more touchdowns, even though DeAndre had eight, Jamal Williams had 17. Yeah, let's move on from both of those two backs. Oh, let's, that, let's I'll be the Williams first. The door, and let's trade DeAndre Swift for a bag of beans and turn it over to a less talented running back from the Bears and an overdrafted running back in the first round. Oh, okay, yeah, that's exactly how. You I'll want to be take the that first. Now that if you're will agree. Lions.
5: That will agree on. I'll be the first to criticize that plan because that makes no sense. You got a guy who carried it, as you mentioned, uh, I'm looking up, 262 times, over a 1,000 yards, 17 touchdowns. You got a great receiver, great third down back, and he's got one more year. I don't know why they didn't play it out. Uh, That, I agree with you. Those are two different conversations in my mind. I think that division is a battle of bad general managers. They all have bad plans. Uh, except maybe Green Bay, and they screwed things up with 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 Aaron Rodgers. Um, so even then, that is the battle of bad general managers. Because Ryan Poles is a disaster. I don't know what the hell Quest he's doing in Minnesota. I don't know what he's doing. Nothing he does makes any sense whatsoever. And you just bring up Brad Holmes, and obviously Brian Goodikins, you know, screws up the relationship with maybe the best quarterback uh, in a generation. Disaster. You talk about howie Roseman have an advantage. That whole division is a disaster from a general manager standpoint.
1: That's the point I tried to make on Sunday was the Lions are supposedly this team that's ready to take this step up, third best team potentially in the NFC. Show it to me first. And I don't necessarily like the moves they made this off season one of which the Eagles will benefit from by getting DeAndre Swift here in town. All right, Jody McDonald, John McMahon, Macamac. There he is! Another finely quaffed young man to join the show. Doesn't take much to be finally quaffed on this show. That would be Jeff Kerr from CBSports.com. He's up next on Verge 365.
0: Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch Six ABC twenty four seven with the Six ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
6: And the big story on Action News. Search
0: Six ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
7: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
8: Go first.
7: Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly ninety years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh,
9: and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered. But now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right,
0: did you know I was the Mommy Slam dunk champion? Really? (laughs)
8: Eagles. Johnny
1: Mac and Jody Mac here with you on Birds 365. We get to talk some Eagles football and all things NFL as well, because he covers the entire league, cbssports.com, with our pal Jeff Kerr from CBS. Um, No, you were down for day one at practice. No, this question is kind of for both of you two guys because I don't get anywhere near the practice field. Or I did one day last year, I should say. Excuse me. Um, any nerves when you get out there first day of practice? No, you're not playing. No, you're not being evaluated. Well, I think Jimmy Kemsky may eva- have actually evaluate John, but that's a, that's a <laughs> side story. Um,
2: a- any nerves getting out there on the practice field, Kerr? I-, I don't personally. I mean, I think back to when I played and how – nervous excited i was when i played and I, I i'm sure the players feel like that at least the ones i talked to did but overall it's it's you know to me i love training camp i think training camp's awesome but i miss it a lot more at lehigh sorry eagles go back to lehigh it's never gonna happen
5: yeah that yeah that ain't happening uh, uh no, nerves would not be the problem. No nerves, you, Johnny? All right. no. that's good. What that's am good. I doing? What, 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 what? Some knucklehead with a notebook. What do I got to be nervous about?
2: Oh, you're John McMullen. You were walking yeah. around like you own the place. Come Andy. on, I tell you all the time the
1: question I would ask you, you go, yeah, Jody, that's a dumb question. Come on. Here you go. <laughs> Don't even bother with that. So you can ask a dumb question, McMullen. Oh, you
5: can. Have, I've asked many dumb questions. That's what I've learned. What has, be, the, you know. I, I guess for uh, younger reporters, I mean, it can be nerve-wracking, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've been to a few of these, so I know what to expect. Um, every once in a while, you'll get Derek Barnett last year, uh, you know, uh, really had a sort of testy back and forth with me. Uh, Nelson Aguilar back in the day. Um
2: Sometimes. That's what I thought you were going to mention, Nelson. Yeah,
5: um, you know uh, that can really intimidate people. Probably would have intimidated me when I was younger as a reporter. Um, so I guess, uh, but yeah, no, no nerves. No nerves for period.
1: either of you guys. All right, that's good to know.
2: John, I'm shocked you're not uh, buying your Kelly your Kelly Green jersey. Oh uh, yeah, in, uh, I'm
5: surprised. I, I I was assumed you you'd be down there. It's like a Taylor Swift concert. Uh, these people are lined up. Uh, yeah, I you know, Josh went gave the bo- best quotes um, about that yesterday from from my standpoint because people know I don't care about jerseys. Jody knows, Jeff knows. Um, I just don't care not good or bad i just i don't get all the excitement over it but you know josh was josh was like yeah i think they should be our 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 number one jersey jersey," because they look pretty good and then my buddy rob kessner tried to get him to you know talk about reggie white and clyde simmons and and jerome brown and josh was like Hey man, I'm gonna be real with you. I wasn't a football fan growing up. He doesn't know, you know. And, and it's not. And he was telling the truth. And I was and speaking of young reporters. There will always be somebody who asks Fletcher Cox. It's 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 amazing, like clockwork. During a bye week, what are you doing in a bye week? You're gonna watch games. Do you sit and watch it. They all like, watch like,
2: football during their bye week. I'm,
5: I don't watch football. I, it, it doesn't watch football and he's dead serious. Um, He doesn't watch it. Um, So they have a different mentality, but Josh so to me, Josh was like, yeah, they look good. And that's the extent of it. There's no tradition or whatever, by the way, they won the super bowl. The Lombardi trophy was out there yesterday. Uh, they won the super bowl in the nonsense, the midnight green that nobody likes. So, you know, what would you rather have? Super Bowl and Midnight Green or nothing in Kelly Green? Uh, I don't talk get to it. You're, you're, you're talking you're my a dad, It's the identity. People want the best of both worlds. They I want the Super it. Bowl in Kelly Green. I don't get it. But anyway, maybe they'll see it. Not this year, but maybe they'll see it.
2: Well, don't, won't we find out the dates today? Then?
5: Probably. I mean, they're officially on sale today. So probably, yeah. I I
2: have a feeling Christmas is going to be one of those days,
1: way. All right, since we went down this rabbit hole, and I was trying to avoid it because I know John doesn't care what one about the color of the jerseys. But since you brought it up, Kurt, you're now going to have to answer the question. We all think the Eagles are going to be good. I think the Eagles are the best team in the Mm -hmm. NFC. I think the Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. If they're going back to the Super Bowl this year, will they be wearing Kelly Green or Will they be wearing know. midnight
5: green now, Jeff? No. They they can't wear Kelly green in the suit. No,
2: they, no, they can. There is a provision where they can, but they won't.
5: What is the provision? So Why
2: they have to ask the NFL for permission to wear an alternate jersey or a throwback for the Super Bowl because the Rams pulled it off a couple of years. Oh, ago.
5: Oh, they did. See, yeah. Jeff, this is Jeff. Jeff is the. I say, any uniform questions, I tell everybody ask Jeff Kerr. I don't know. I did not know you could wear alternate jerseys in the Super Bowl.
2: Hey, John, did you hear? I'm a liar because I said the Eagles are bringing out an alternate logo for the Kelly Green. It's a familiar logo, but it's a different color. Well, the old Eagles logo is white instead of green. Everybody goes, no, no, they always said that. I'm like, they never had it officially. It was on the jersey. But it was never an official. See, this logo. is the
5: kind of angst Jeff gets over this stuff. Yes, I'm like, I, I, I you know, you're arguing about logos, people. Oh, I, I didn't argue on Twitter. I just no. argued to you. Jeff, Jeff's not <laughs> lying to you uh, if he says it. He's he's the best yeah. uniform guy in the business. Uh, he's not lying to you. So. Uh,
2: in retirement, I'm going to write for Looney Watch with, <laughs> with Paul Lucas. I'm going to go right, with him. So
1: so here's the here's the question I have for Mister Uniform Jeff Green, uh, Jeff Carr, Jeff Kelly Green. Um, late January at Lincoln Financial Field. They get a defensive stop late after kicking a game-winning field goal, kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs did to them. And the Philadelphia Eagles beat the San Francisco 49ers 38-35, and Jalen Hurts just outdoes Brock Purdy. The
2: 49ers are going to score 35 points?
1: That would be correct. Brock Purdy Whoa. puts up Sean 300- size 350, is get a- uh. 350 yards uh, for Brock Purdy, but uh, Jalen Hurts outdoes him and gets the late field goal and wins the game. Um, is there a you and cry from those at Lincoln Financial Field? Kelly Green, Kelly Green, Kelly. Will they chant for it? <laughs> NFC Championship Day for the upcoming game two weeks later.
2: This franchise will, yes. I I think if they know that's a possibility, they can wear them and get the Super Bowl they deserve in Kelly Green. Yes, but I, I like to tell people that when they say they won the Super Bowl Midnight Green, I'm like, "That's great! They won three championships in Kelly Green."
4: That's yeah, true. You're going,
1: if you're going all the way, way back, way back, even even before John McMullen, Jody McDonald, yeah. Jeff Kerr's time, you got to get got to do some
2: serious. My, my pop up was at the 1960 NFL Championship game. Did uh, the
5: uh, Did the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets? I got to get ginger on. Did they win? Uh, they won like it. It.
2: They won a championship. Yes.
5: Yeah. See. So. By
2: yeah. the way, that that's one of my sneaky favorite uniforms. Everybody, no, has. but they did those colors—the
1: yellow ones. Oh yeah. god, yeah. I oh, there couldn't be worse. The I Eagles be worse than that with the Packers in yellow. What the, Eagles, the hell? Uh, the Eagles... Eagles and Packers both as green as the day is long wearing yellow
5: for the for the for the fans uh coming to training camp uh the Eagles have sort of these little setups and one of the setups is uh the helmets four different helmets <laughs> and they had the Frankfurt yellow jackets out there. I'm gonna tweet this and maybe after I get it uh Sander can put it up. But yeah I I that's the only one I took a picture of because I'm a am enamored by the Frankford yellow jacket. <laughs> I don't care about the other ones. You,
2: you notice the black helmet isn't there.
5: Uh yeah so I yeah it's goopy looking that's probably why um, hey, but, you
2: know, Kevin Curtis had the game of his life in.
5: Those yeah, that's true. Those yeah.
2: atrocity. I, I have the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets helmet. It's, I know AJ. AJ,
5: AJ. AJ got a look at them and said, "No, nah, nope, not wearing that."
2: <laughs> People would buy it if he do if he wore it though.
5: Good on AJ. All right, Jeff Kirk.
1: Question for you: You were there at practice one, Jenny. You were there for practice two. Everyone was there saying it was a little bit more vociferous, Head coach that Nick Sirianni was doing some pretty good yelling and screaming at the players that, Hey, we're not staying out here long. We better get it right. it have got to be perfect. It's going to be perfect. in a game day got to be perfect right here. Getting a little loud with his players method to his madness, just in the moment coaching. What do you make of Nick Sirianni being more of a screamer and a yeller than he was either his first two years in the first couple practices of the year this year?
2: Well, we heard him screaming first two years just not with the megaphone right John? that was probably the best thing he's ever done and the the f-bombs are are great i mean it's it if you could record that part of the practice it would have been great television now friday john didn't he do it during the yeah he
5: did it he did it in front (laughs) of the fans he did it in front of us he knew it was a live camera period he did it on purpose now that was his first question
2: that's the pandering uh,
5: yesterday um, and he denied it. He said, I, I'm not doing anything I don't normally do. Um, yeah, I'm gonna call shenanigans on that. He's doing it purposefully, at least partially. Don't get me wrong, he was pissed off too, especially that first day, Jeff, where oh, yeah, so many, so many, uh, uh offsides, ball starts. He was pissed off. So that was part of it.
2: Remember, John, he had the fourth and eight, and they had the, the pre snap penalty, and he just said, we're effing done. That's yeah. pretty much
5: it. Yeah. So it was part passionate, but it was also part he he understands um, you got to battle complacency. He understands everybody's got this team going back to the Super Bowl. Um, and the expectations are so large. Um, he's trying to battle uh, complacency as well. So he's trying to serve two masters, and he should. By the way, that's what he should be doing. That's what a good coach does.
2: I don't think that's going to be a pro. Uh, John, I don't know if you've been on uh, X now, but <laughs> did you see what they uncovered at the rookie talent show last night with Jalen Hurts?
5: Uh, oh, his lock screen? His
2: lock screen. Does that not surprise you? His lock screen is him walking off the field dejected after a Super Bowl loss?
5: No, it, it, Jalen's not one of the guys you worry about. Um, you know, and there's certain guys, and we know, um, you know, Kelsey and Fletch and the core four, so to speak, the core five with Dennis Kelly. I'm joking with Dennis Kelly, but that was awesome,
2: by the um, way. Hearing Jason yeah. talk about Je- Des and Lane yeah. Johnson the other day,
5: yeah. Um, there's certain guys you don't have to worry about, but there's more guys you do have to worry about than guys you don't have to worry about. And that's what I think Nick is combating, so to speak. I
2: I'll have to think you I don't think you have to worry about AJ Brown either. he has the right mindset. He goes say, look, we got we gotta earn the respect back. We, you know there's always room to improve. He said we all know what the goal is around here. And hey, I, the
5: I... Alabama guys, Nick Saban raised the Alabama guys right. I don't know if that's that way in every other city. But every Alabama I just wrote about this. Every Alabama guy is just locked in. At least the one the Eagles get. The Eagles get. They'll lose. Um, um and the Georgia guys, I don't know. I get some like the Georgia guys got a lot of swagger. They're like they they rightfully so. Jalen I mean, Carter um, does. <laughs> yeah, they're freaking great at the college level. Um but you know, I don't get that same sense of all business all the time. Maybe I'm being unfair, but the but the Alabama guys are just... Like, Landon Dickerson thinks he's the worst stinking player in the world. Literally. And he's good. I, he <laughs> thinks he's awful. Um, and it's like, we're looking at him like cross He thinks he's terrible. We know about Jalen. Uh, Devontae's like, somebody tried to get him down the Super Bowl route? He's like... Eh, no, he doesn't, he
2: doesn't want anything to... Have, I remember I was... I actually went down, sat and talked with him and he knows me pretty well. And he was giving me the, the typical one sentence answers. I'm like, and he goes, you know, I, he apologized. He said he wasn't feeling, that was the day he wasn't feeling well. And, but he said, I'm just, I just really don't want to talk about this game. And he was playing it in three days later. It's, it's just, did not want to talk about it.
5: Yeah. I mean, those guys, they, they're big Saban. Oof, I don't know what he does, but he's he's doing things right. Jalen still
2: there. hasn't told me officially. Rat poison was.
1: There you go. Well, I've that, that's something to nine. be proud of. All right, uh, so maybe we're overanalyzing what uh, Nick Sirianni did or didn't. The reason for his screaming in practice, uh, debatable. Not debatable. Sean Payton open mouth and inserted foot. <laughs> what is he thinking about? I understand you want to take your buddy Russell Wilson's back and you want to show that you have faith in him and you're going to be his guy all year long. By completely throwing the former coach under the bus, then backing it up and running over again, and then backing it up and running over him again, and a lot of people still within that organization who are there legend. The worst run organization in the history of the National Football League. Nothing like influencing people and making friends. I'd say Sean Payton's era in Denver has gotten off to a pretty rocky start. Would you agree, Jeff Kerr?
2: Uh, well, I'll say this. I've heard people in the Broncos organization aren't really that happy with what Sean Payton said. I man.
5: love Sean Payton.
2: I, I do, too. I did. Sean Payton has given me great answers to great yeah. questions over the... And, I mean, was he wrong? No. Uh, right. So
5: you know, Sean Payton once called me. Yeah, he was me. wrong.
2: He 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 gave Russell Wilson a complete pass,
1: free pass. Uh, he didn't he give Russell. You a think pass. Russell Wilson didn't have anything to do with the Broncos' success no. last year? I
5: think it was all Nathaniel Hackett. I, I think do Mitch too. I, did. I
2: I
1: agree. So I, Russell,
5: did. Russell Wilson's going back to MVP status this year, aren't huh? no, you guys? But No, Nathaniel but Nathaniel Hackett was that bad be, of a coach. He's going to be very good with Sean Payton. I think he's going to be very good. Um, And if he isn't, hey, here's what I like about Sean Payton. Like I said, Sean once called me because he didn't like something I write. Number one, I love that guy. I love the guy that's picking up the phone to call you. But number two, we all complain about these stock answers as meaty people. I have a different regular. I like guys who are honest. He's honest. (laughs) And Nathaniel Hackett was a freaking disaster as a head coach. Um, the fact that he said that is uh, is, is so out of character for an NFL head coach. So I think there's two sides of the fence. It's not You're not supposed to him, deal though. with that. No, I like when he tells the truth. I got mad when he apologized. No, tell the truth. He's got a lot of confidence in his ability. He knows he's going to do a better job with that quarterback and that offense. Is he going to be the same quarterback he was when he was winning the Super Bowls? No, he's probably not that guy, but he's going to be a heck of a lot better than he was last year. And Sean's a good coach, so they're going to be a heck of a lot better run than they were last year. That's easy. That's an easy bar for him to to clear. Um, but the fact that he told the truth, I love it. I get right. why other people. But oh, then you have all these cut cookie-cutter guys. They're all the same. Um, same stock. Nick, I love Nick.
4: They're behind just the scenes, stock answers. Behind
5: the scenes. Yesterday, if you go through his transcript, it was like, it's early. We gotta wait for the pads to come I on. I don't know.
2: I don't know when the pads are coming on. Yeah.
5: I don't know when the pad that's true, by the way, but um they're coming on Tuesday tomorrow. But um yeah, all stock. I don't want that. People want I, that. And, and I'll give Sean Payton credit for being honest. You're right.
1: If Russell Wilson throws three picks opening day against the Raiders, Uh, I want him to be that same honest coach and going, yeah, my quarterback sucked today. If you're going to go down the I'm going to be honest road, which we would all appreciate, then you got to be consistently on that honest road. It's really easy to throw somebody who's out of the building under the bus. He called out Drew Brees a couple times in his career. Well, we'll see if he does it with Russell again this year.
5: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. He's trying to, uh, there's no question. Part of it is tr- He's trying to build up the quarterback again. He's trying to build his competence. I think that's part of it as well. Um, and that's part of it. Just, as I said, with Nick, you know, trying to fight complacency, you, you know, it's not always about one thing it could be about two things, three things you're trying to, you're trying to rebuild the guy's confidence after a bad year. Um, that's part of it as well. Um, you know Nathaniel Hackett isn't there anymore look I said George Payton should have got fired I love George Payton um, the GM out there because I've known him for years
4: Minnesota. he was one
5: of those guys with you know he was sort of like a mini Eric DaCosta he would he would get uh, interview offers and he would turn them down um, and then he picks a situation he had one plan he had one plan Go get Nathaniel Hackett with Aaron Rodgers. And when Hackett didn't get Rodgers, he was screwed because he wasn't prepared. Rodgers runs the offense, not Nathaniel Hackett. That's why the Jets, Joe's a Jets guy. You don't have to worry about anything until Rodgers leaves. Then you better get a new offensive coordinator. Um, You know, God right. forbid but, he's got to work with
1: Zach Wilson. He may be your boy, John, but you can't do it in that order. You got to get Rodgers first, then you sign. I it, agree. Act- I agree with you. Peyton screwed up by doing it out of
5: order, and then he had to live with his mistake all year long. And, and uh, yeah, George, and I'm talking about George uh, here, um, um, the GM, he should have gotten fired. And I love the guy. But that, you can't do it. I agree. You can't do that. You can't. Hire a coach because a quarterback likes him, and then the, you don't get the, quarterback. get the quarterback. Can't do it. No. I, I by agree. the way,
2: uh, speaking of Decosta, I still think Lamar handled that situation well in Baltimore, and Decosta did. Because once Hurt signed, all of a sudden those two were ready to talk business. It's like they had the barometer, and Decosta said, "Yeah, we can do that." And that's yeah,
5: hard. Eric's Eric's very good. Yeah, wow. he is.
2: And yeah. Lamar, from what I was told, like him and the Casa are on great terms. That they, they always were. It was just they didn't know where, what money. Like Lamar wanted the fully guaranteed deal, and the Casa didn't want to do the Deshaun Watson route, and where Lamar got blackballed or not, who knows. But at the end of the day, once Hertz got that deal done, those two, I mean, look, it only took them 10 days to get their deal done.
5: Yeah, experience matters at GM. And we're seeing it. I was just killing the NFC North guys before you came on, Jeff. Those guys are a freaking disaster. Oh, they are. A- um, uh, 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 you know, people talk about Howie. Howie's kind of a disaster early in his tenure. Experience matters. Now well, Howie's like
2: You
1: got to get through the growing pain.
5: Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that's a big advantage the Eagles have. And uh, John, I, you know.
2: Can, can you please back me up on this? Why are Eagles fans still talking about Buddha Baker? That's not happening. No. He's not getting traded. It's. I was told by Cardinals people he wasn't getting traded in May.
5: Yeah. I don't. Every big name. They want Jonathan Taylor. I got to Jonathan. You didn't get the Jonathan Taylor? Question? Not yet. Not yet. I got him. I got him. Right off the bat that day.
1: Yeah. Speak, speaking of saying stupid stuff, uh, in addition to Sean Payton, yeah, I'm sure both you guys read last night that the Colts are actually thinking about trying to hold back Jonathan Taylor's pay, that he showed University up at State camp, State. he's yeah. on the pup list, he's got an ankle which he hurt last year in the game, had surgery on, but he's also complaining of back pain and they're suggesting that they might put him on the non-injured football list, which means they could hold back his pay. Yeah, that's not good. So, Our so boy Taylor- Shane Spiking is stepping into a uh, a dumpster fire there in Indianapolis. It, it, They're not it, good to begin with. Gardner Minchin could be their starting quarterback. And oh, by the way, your best player you're alienating by saying, we're not going to pay you because you said you wanted to be traded and you got a bad back that uh, wasn't hurting the game. So we're going to hold back your pay. Jim yeah. Hussain's on sniping in Indianapolis yeah. real fast.
2: If I was yeah. Taylor's agent, this is what I would tell Taylor show up, practice about two or three days fake an injury and then they can't do it to you.
5: Yeah. Well, you got to hold in like Danielle Hunter did. You got to hold in. You can't hold out because then you're just losing money. That's dumb. holding out now. Cause yeah. you can't waive the fines anymore.
2: John, did uh, I tell you what, what I have to do now? Like when players like AKA want to be tricked, we got to do landing spots. I'm like, okay, this is Danielle Hunter. ain't probably isn't going anywhere, but I had to do it anyway. And then of course, 12 hours later, they settle. I'm like, boy, I look stupid. I look yeah. absolutely. Stupid. I
5: feel bad when you have to do stuff like that.
1: I, I, yeah, I, I'm but... not. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff Kerr. Uh, I saw Jordan Davis say, "Yeah, I'm wearing the same exact thing I did last year. I'm just in better condition." Well, that's nice to know he wasn't in the best of condition for last year, his rookie year. But Doesn't if he's up to the like... condition speed now, that's a good thing. I know John is uh, both reported and tweeted that. Jordan Davis playing a lot on the starting line in the four down linemen set, not the five, not on the nose that he's going to be a key guy and maybe one of their top snap guys in the middle. Does that surprise you that the Eagles are looking to expand his role when they use the ninth pick in the draft to take a defensive tackle? How are they going to get all these DTs time in the rotation? Oh, you know? they,
2: they, oh they will. I, you know, I saw that first day of camp. Like, the, they have big plans for Jordan Davis this year. I, I That's why I thought them bringing back Fletcher Cox is huge. Because then, because remember at the time, you you weren't even sure you were getting Jalen Carter. Now that's a luxury. you got Jordan Davis. Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox. I can't forget Milton Williams in this. Marlon Tui. I can. I still can't say his last I, name, I, John. I, Marlon Tui,
5: Tui below two. Thank
2: you. Yeah. It's it's funny because I I said his brother's name right the other day.
5: But
2: I Tui. Can't say yeah, yeah, Tui. Tui. Yeah. 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 Tui, 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 Tui. But regardless, I will say this. I think you are the future of this is obviously Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, but yeah. Buncher, Fletcher Cox is going to play a huge role for them this year in terms of getting Carter acclimated, a mentor to him, a mentor to Davis. They're gonna be rotating the set. They'll be the main three, but you're gonna see a lot of Jordan Davis this year.
5: Yeah. I'm I'm surprised how much uh they put him in the 40. Um, how many reps he's getting and just because I'm so high on Jalen Carter. I'm I like do it's a nice problem to have like Milton Milton's a good player and I get it. I mean, Milton's going to take a hit if these guys stay healthy. Um, and I'm talking about Jordan Davis, Fletcher and and Jalen Carter uh, Milton Williams is going to take a hit. I mean, there's no question about it from a playing time standpoint. Um, I had one guy compare him to a- Akeem Hicks. He thinks they're going to use him. Like Sean used Akeem Hicks in Chicago. And for those who don't know, and I said it for years before the injuries took over, he was the most underrated player in football. Akeem Akeem Hicks Hicks. is
2: good for a lot of years. Uh,
5: Unbelievable. He was right. He was right there as the second most unblockable uh, defensive tackle in football behind you know who. Um, He was an amazing player. Boy, I don't – I don't. Yeah. I love I Jordan Davis, but, man, I don't know if he can become that. Yeah.
2: I, I think Jordan Davis is going to be the key toward them stopping the run. I think they're going to be a much better run defense this year, if you want my honest opinion, because they're going to have Jordan Davis and Milton Williams rotating in there. and I don't know how Carter's going to stack up against a run year one, but I'll tell you what, he's going to get to the quarterback.
5: Yeah. Uh, Jalen Carter. I'm I, 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 well let's talk about the rookies. Jeff, I know you gotta go. The last one from me at Jeff Carr CBS on X, X follow X. uh Jeff there. Um Sydney Brown still on the third team. Uh That's Jalen Carter is still on the second team. Calais Ringo still on the third team. Um when are we gonna see? A movement here, a shift. Uh generally wanna see these guys get you know, you want to see Carter with the ones at some point. You want to see Sydney with the one. Kayvon Wallace is getting first team reps. I'll
2: tell you what, they, they they seem to be really high on Kayvon Wallace from the yeah. when, when I was at. I, I, I don't see it, but yeah,
5: what um, do I know? When when does this happen? When the pads come on? They gotta I, figure I, out if these guys can play.
2: I hope it's tomorrow. I mean, I, I think I, I'm not worried about Carter. Uh, I'm not worried about Nolan Smith. I I think they'll they'll. I mean, we saw Smith on the first day. He was kind of relieving. Yeah, Smith has
5: gotten it because Reddick has been out, uh, yeah. so Smith has has gotten some uh, extra reps with the first team. That to me, he's going to be interesting when the pads come on for the opposite reason, because you know. Then he's got to deal with Lane Johnson with pads. That that's going to be interesting.
2: But you're right though. Like Tyler Steen, I want to see with the one. I know it's it sure his job to lose, but I want to see Tyler Steen with the ones. Yeah. I want to see Sidney Brown play with these guys. I you know I, I noticed that, and we saw this in minicamp too, John. Like Sidney C- Brown was on the thirteen pretty much the whole time. It's like, well, when are you with the pads on? Like, when's he getting out there? Like, I I have this belief Sidney Brown's going to help this team this year, and they can. I'm fine with Blankenship and Evans, but you drafted Sidney Brown to play this year.
1: All right. And so far in training camp, uh, the most activity Derek Barnett has had was to take out his pen and take a pay cut. Uh, So we'll we'll see what his...
2: By the way, John, does that surprise you at all that they restructured that? Because it didn't to me. A little
5: bit. A little bit only because I think it indicates they want to keep them more than uh, they want to trade them. And like how many... How many defensive linemen do you need? How many defensive front people do you need? Uh, they get—they are so loaded. It's front. like
2: running backs. You know, you can't have enough of them? You—you you really can't.
5: They're—they're they're pushing that theory. I mean, they, they, they you know, it's a nice insurance policy to have. I'll say that if somebody gets hurt. Yeah, Derek
2: um, Barnett traded for a safety. Let's make up the trades now.
5: Uh, good good luck with
1: that uh, we'll see if Derek Barnett is here or not if he is I'm not sure what purpose it's going to serve but that's just me All right, Jeff Kerr always a pleasure buddy appreciate it thanks uh, we'll talk to you again next week thanks for coming in today
2: that's good. John, hopefully I see you tomorrow. I'm looking forward to seeing them hit with pads.
1: Yeah, it'll be nice. McMullen's right. predicting the pads coming on. I'm predicting the Philadelphia Eagles. You hey, hey, doing
2: hey, less with more. more I, everybody I, in I, the I've with John McMullen. It's not there there's some ulterior motive in the prediction department. He's not a predictor. He's a uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um
1: Soothsayer?
5: No.
2: Yeah, no, not that. What's uh, prognosticator? I should say. Yeah. Well,
1: no, it's because the
5: out. acclimation period ends and they're allowed to put on pads. That's yeah. why. Unless you're that's the case, just,
2: that, well, they they're, started They're, the they're order, allowed right, to before.
1: practice more than they practice, but they that's choose not to. So that's true. We'll that's that's why the I the say
5: it's not a hundred percent. But my guess is that they will have Actual the
1: pads. pads. That means uh we may actually see Derek Barnett in pads. No, I don't think so.
5: Uh, Jeff
2: in pads.
1: Jeff Kurt, thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>
2: See you guys.
1: MAGAMAC guys nice, here on chef. Bird 365. Quickie timeout, come back. Couple more things I want to run by John before we get guest number two up next hour. That would be our very own, Derek Gunn from SportsTech. He'll be jumping in with us in less than 20 minutes here on Birch 365.
8: E A G L E S Eagles.
1: You got John McMullen and Jody McDonald here with young on Bird Street sixty five, hour number two. Jody, we got some breaking news. Breaking uh, news. Hold on, John McMullen with breaking news.
5: Uh, the Eagles will be wearing the Kelly Green uh, throwback uniform. October 22nd against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. And November 26th against the Buffalo Bills. So two home games, Miami and Buffalo.
1: What time is the Buffalo game?
5: I believe that's a 425 game, but I don't have that. They don't have that in the release. Let me double check. Um, I believe that's an that's a big game. You know, obviously the Bills are projected to be uh, a good team, so it's got to be the four o'clock. Uh, got to be the four o'clock window. But I let me double good. check it. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Buffalo, uh, four twenty-five. Yeah, four twenty-five.
1: Makes sense. And there's a lot of things that go into deciding why, when, where, how. I'll just say this uh, a little disappointing um, and Mother Nature would decide that hey, you can take any decision you want and then Mother Nature's gonna decide for you. Kelly Greens look best at one o'clock full sun on Sunday.
4: There you color go.
1: just looks the best at one o'clock in the middle of a sunny day. So you got a night game for one. And the late afternoon game in November is the Bills game? Yeah,
5: November uh, twenty-six. So that uh, should yeah, be second, after Thanksgiving. second half of
1: that game is mm-hmm. going to be pretty much in darkness as well. So not the best weeks to select. I, I would like to see. But how many 1 o'clock games did Eagles play at home anyway?
5: Uh, yeah, none, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Washington, October 1st. Uh, and that is probably... Uh, oh Arizona, December 31st. And then at the John uh, that's at the Johns week 18, so you don't have to worry about that. So two two home games. They only got two, two one, one o'clock games anyway. but I,
1: I would like to see the Kelly Green in one of those one o'clock games because that's when I think it would look its best. but much more importantly is how the Eagles play in the Kelly Green uniforms rather than how they look to Jody McDonald or anybody else for that matter. Dolphins and Bills, two good games, two uh, important games for the Eagles this year. That's good to uh, know. And, oh, by the way, if they win both of those games and they beat two good teams, Miami and Buffalo, some people think the Bills right there with the Eagles is after the Chiefs having as good a chance to win the Super Bowl as anybody else. I'm telling you, the UN cry, Johnny Mac. They're going to want the Kelly Green for Super Bowl Sunday. We we've got I got the I mean,
5: Eagles. Jeff, Jeff says it's a possibility. I I have no idea, honestly. I I, I assumed you couldn't do it in the Super Bowl. Um, he 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 said the Rams, Rams did. It. I hey, you and I I you and I have talked about that a lot. I give Rube the credit because he said it first. I I don't. Ten minutes after the game is over, I can't tell you what they're wearing, so I can't tell you what the Rams were wearing. Um, I don't care. So. Yeah I'm... I I didn't think you could do that um you know from the NFL standpoint look hey people they're picking your pocket I'm surprised they haven't gone the Oregon route I've said this for years just you know let everybody wear whatever they want and have 80 different uniforms if people are going to buy it I, 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 hey yeah if I like want, if you want to go for the for the pick in people's pocket, just open it up.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a middle ground guy. And I'm certainly between both you and Kerr on the Kelly Green. Uh, you are, I don't give a fly and you know what. Uh, <laughs> Jeff uh, Kerr is basically obsessed with it. <laughs> I, I, I'm somewhere in the middle. Probably a little closer to Kerr, but not much. I'm, I'm really in the middle. I mean that. I, I'm not gonna run out and get the Kelly Green jersey today. I'm not gonna pull up video of the Kelly Green clad Randall kind. Of, I, I'm not that moved by it, but I never really loved the Midnight Green, and I think my last name's McDonald's, so I gotta like
5: Kelly Green. So
1: yeah, I, I have a rooting interest here, but I'm not gonna obsess over it the way some. Well, I will,
5: do. I will say there's certain teams, and we all know that that a tradition matters to me. I, I think certain if certain teams in sports change their uniform, I would call it stupid. Um, Yankees Celtics. Um, would you put the Cowboys in that conversation? Cowboys? I would, uh, it would be stupid to me, um, from a branding standpoint, but if they did it. And I think there was a kerfuffle about the Yankees wearing weird hats or something, uh, during one of their, whatever, um, holiday things that baseball does um i get over it in about five minutes i'd be like well that's kind of stupid why would you mess with that but then i'd get over it in five minutes Uh, but yeah tradition matters uh i think for certain organizations other than that i i I don't care about uniforms.
1: And the Eagles don't fall into that because they've changed their uniform plenty. Uh, Not the most in the NFL, but they've had a lot of different iterations since Jeff Lurie took over the team and moved away from the midnight green. But good to know he's moving back to it. And the two games that they are officially wearing it as of right now, Dolphins and Bills, October and November, you said, right?
5: Yeah. Um, Dolphins, October 22nd. Bills, November
1: 26th. All right. Uh, Do do want to note uh, the dates on those because, yeah, we're going to be going through the schedule when we get closer to it. and uh, We'll revisit the old W's and L's. I'm going to give you a W right now. Write this one down, Johnny Mac, not Eagles related. The week before – this actually plays very favorably for the Philadelphia Eagles. The week before the Eagles – Play the Jets in New York, and I will be in attendance for that game. um The Jets go out to Denver to take on the Broncos.
5: Oh, there so, we go. Yeah, that's a big. That's uh that. That helps the Eagles, I think. It
1: absolutely does because they're going to be uh, up for that game. Leave everything to Aaron Rodgers. It's going to go nuts. He's going to want to throw for four hundred and fifty yards against that Denver defense to stick it up Sean Payton's. You know what? That plays well for the Eagles. Uh, I think if I remember when you and I went through the W's and L's, that was your first Eagle. Yeah, L of that was the year. my first
5: L. Now I got to rethink it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. They might be a little bit let down, but, you know, they've never beaten the Eagles. So yeah, I think that's, they'll that's be part, up. part of it, too. Uh, and and, you
1: know, my already on the record prediction, Eagles and Jets in the Super Bowl. So Eagles beat the Jets during the regular season to keep that streak going. Having never lost to don't count preseason. And that's a shame. Uh, Tradition like no other, the Eagles and the Jets in preseason, it's gotten by the boards here, which ticks me off. I enjoyed going to the Eagle jet preseason game. Almost always the last one of the preseason when they cut from four back to three, somehow the Jets got uh, in the cutting room floor of the Eagles preseason schedule. Um, Yeah, that'll that'll be that schedule that that record could still be in play when the Eagles and Jets meet in the Super Bowl. The fact that the Eagles, boy, that would never lost uh,
5: beating them in the regular season and losing to them in the Super Bowl. Oh, that would be a crushing blow
1: that that could keep us talking here in Philadelphia for years, not not days, not weeks, not months, years if it plays out that way. And we don't know that it will, but it, it, it might. Uh, and George truly would be catching a big wagering ticket if the Jets and the Eagles are in the Super Bowl against each other. All right, one guy I wanted to ask you about, John, because you've been there at practice every single day. Again, you're reporting everybody else is reporting. Uh, the the ready-to-compete Georgia Bulldogs, specifically guys on a defensive line, all look good. Uh, the veterans are talking them up and the like. Keely Ringo? Gotten beat on some plays so far early here in camp. Um, Some people speculating that he could jump right to the main outside uh, backup cornerback if they're going to move Zach McPherson inside to be uh, the number one slot corner reserve. Ringo going to take some time to develop on the outside here. Have all those (laughs) Eagle youngsters at cornerback uh gotten off to a little bit of a slow start or is that just me comping them to slay and Bradford which is probably an unfair competition yeah I
5: mean they're clearly nowhere uh, but those are two really good corners um and they're clearly nowhere near that the you know the goal is to get somebody up that maybe would be a little bit better equipped to play on the outside than Zach would have been um And I got a lot of darts. The most impressive has been Makai Gardner. I've said it pretty consistently. uh, Who's probably maybe the least uh, ballyhooed of the whole bunch uh, coming in, even less than Eli Ricks, because everybody knows Eli Ricks because he was such a a high recruit coming out of high school. He went to Alabama. He's expected to be a top 10 pick last year, some people. Not everybody, but, you know, potential first-round pick coming into the college season. Um, LaKai Gardner played at LSU, transferred, though. He played most of his college career at Louisiana, I believe. So then he went, took the big step up to LSU. Boy, he's big and he's physical. He got his hands on Olamide Zacchaeus in one-on-ones. It was over. He rerouted him. Um and that's – you can see what the Eagles want with these guys because they're all 6'2". It's like a zombie army of 6'2", long, lengthy corners with the hope that somebody hits. And, you know, again, it's early. I'll use Nick Sirianni. No pads. But if you're talking – you're talking about four guys. Greedy Williams, Josh Job, uh, Kalei Ringo, Mekhi 5 Eli Rex. So Ricks, you're talking five, about five yeah. guys because Josh has got to be put in that conversation. He's the only one who's not 6'2", but he's ahead. Um, of that group, the most impressive to me has been Mekhi Garner. Um, now, Greedy and, and Josh Job are, are the top backups right now. Um, but again, it's early. Uh, I, I, there's no doubt Calais Ringo is going to make this team. No doubt. Uh, the question is how comfortable... Would they be putting him on the field early um, if something happens? That that's the that's what they're trying to answer. Long term, they think he's got a lot of potential, but they got a lot of guys, and and I don't think Zach is moving back outside. He's going to be the backup slot corner because they have they have a lot of darts to throw at the dartboard. Right, and for all five of those darts. They better be able to play specials.
1: That that That's going to be a key element as well. They'll be judged by their ability to step in if either Bradbury or Slay go down. That should be the most important thing they're judging. But they're all going to be counted on to be some kind of contributor on special teams. I can guarantee you that. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, quickie timeout. And then we hope to be joined by none other than Derek Gunn. Our buddy D Gunn from Sports Take going to jump in with us for a couple minutes here on a Monday on Birds 365.
0: stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
6: And the big story on Action News.
0: Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
7: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
8: Go first!
7: (laughs) Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
9: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered. But now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know
0: I was the Mommy Slam dunk champion? Really? Yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. She did it
5: again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh
9: huh.
8: E-A-G-L-E-X. Eagles.
1: You got your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365 and we are lucky enough to add Derek Gunn from Sports Take here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel to jump in with us on Birds 365 because he's as big a Birds expert as we can get on. D-Gun, here's where I'm starting with you today. Who on practice tomorrow, and John has already said he is all but guaranteeing – he hasn't gotten the complete guarantee – but all but guaranteeing the Eagles going to pads tomorrow because they can. We'll see. The Eagles, for me, do a little bit less than everybody else. But who is the guy they're going to have to reel in that he's going to be so excited that he's in pads Mm -hmm. that maybe he'll be going a little too fast or a little too hard and tackling guys to the ground? Who is the Eagle player that if you're going to be down at practice, you go – oh, I'm keeping my eye on him because he, he's going to play all-out practice number one in pads.
6: I would say initially it would have to be Nolan Smith, wouldn't it?
5: Yeah, um, Nolan a goes choice. a million miles an hour. That's a good choice, not, Well,
6: not only that, just based on on comments that, that we've heard from him over the last couple of days about his disdain for the Cowboys. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he the one that just recently said we have the greatest job in the world? We get to go out and hit bleeps, you know. I think that's great to have that attitude. But if I'm a coach, when I hear these things, I've got to have a little talk with Nolan. Yes, no, look, man, okay. Yes, yes. I understand <laughs> that you're, you're you're a little overzealous and rightfully so. You you're being paid seven figures. Um, you're fulfilling a dream of of putting on a uniform of the National Football League, but don't knock out your teammates, man. Yeah. No, we need yeah. this. We need these guys from now until. February, please just keep that in mind.
5: And you better damn well not hit number one. The oh. red jersey's there, oh. so he'd better be smart enough to peel off if he does get uh, 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 by Lane Johnson. But Woo. hey, I'm you know with Nolan, you're right. Nolan's got he's got that BG like energy, work yes. ethic, all that kind of stuff. Um, he's been tremendous, but I am interested to see him because when Lane gets the pads on. Then it's going to be really difficult for a 238 pound guy uh, on the edge. So, that to me is going to be one of the more interesting storylines. You know who else has been kind of physical? Kayvon Wallace. And you know what? He's gotten some first team reps out of it.
6: Maybe Kayvon's the guy who. who. You know what? You know what's fun? If anybody physical. out there is trying to prove himself, prove his metal, it has to be Kayvon. But considering what we've watched from him over the last couple of years, um, I'm, I'm a wait-and-see guy with him. I, I, to me, he's been a disappointment for the most part. He has shown flashes that he's capable of doing some good things. but And I understand he's had limited reps in his short time here in the NFL. But um, I need to see more consistency out of him. You know, I, I don't want to see some of the mental mistakes um, that we've seen in the past. You know, the one, he's one of the few guys on the back end of that defense if you go back and look at his contributions, he's one of the few guys on the, on the back end of that defense that's a decent tackler. You know, tackling has been a big issue with this defense in general, but especially on the back end. Um, now he needs to elevate other aspects of his game, the, the mental aspect of his game, the focus of his game, the consistency in his game. Um, you know, we, we heard the rumor over the weekend that Howie is looking out there at different safeties, um, and and if it's out there now, then it, there has to be some truth to it. Will he will he pull another CJ GJ? There's there's enough veteran presence out there in the open market um, that Howie could bring in here dirt cheap by NFL standards. Um, I, I don't I don't want the back end to be crowded too crowded to the point where you're not letting some of the young guys get enough reps to develop to see what you have or maybe what you don't have. Sidney
5: Brown, still on the third team, surprises
6: me, D-Gun.
5: It's like, all right, let's throw him in the deep end of the pool. Maybe that happens. Uh, You know, they tend to have that the first week coaches go back and they tend to flip things maybe a little bit and they say, all right, let's get these guys some reps, uh, whether it's moving up from the third team to the second team, second team to the first team. At some point, we got to see Sidney Brown, right?
6: Yeah, and 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 John coming into the draft the one glaring weakness as much as I love this game in college his one glaring weakness was tackling. Well, that seemed to be an epidemic on the back end of this defense. So he's got he's got to get the reps to get more of a focused mindset of wrap up, wrap up, wrap up, you know. You got to you've got to do it. You can't just talk about it. You've got to do it um i love everything else about his game his lateral pursuit his straight ahead speed um his ability to cover he's not he doesn't shy away from physicality but if the if the tackling aspect especially when you think about some of the guys they could face this upcoming season um that you've got to get those reps in there. and hopefully he gets a lot of reps against the two teams they're going to practice again against as they get ready for preseason games
1: D-Gun, um, I want to get your opinion on, and it's kind of uh, looking into the crystal ball here uh, uh, from a reporter's standpoint about how Matt Patricia is going to have an effect on this team. Coach was asked about it. He said, oh, he's a great resource. and right. He doesn't have a defined role, or at least I I, I don't, uh, they, they can call it what they can call it. Uh, we don't know how exactly he's going to be used and what his responsibilities are going to mm-hmm. be and the like. It's a good thing that uh, Slate came out and said we had a good man to man face to face and worked out our issues and we're both motivated for the same thing. We helped the Eagles win games this year, which is good, but going to be, I think, tough to figure out what Matt Patricia doing for this team because you're not going to get a chance to interview him. He's not a coordinator, so he's not made available. How are you going to be able to find out what Matt Patricia is or isn't given to this team this year? I
6: don't I don't know if we ever will. Um, we've heard Nick Sirianni say, he's a great resource for me. Okay. But if, if I'm to if I'm decide, I'm thinking, do I constantly have to look over my shoulder and second guess myself because I have another so-called defensive coordinator here? Now he's been billed as what? A special assistant to the defense. Okay, <laughs> what, how many teams do you know that have two basically defensive coordinators on their roster? Especially yeah. a new guy, your head defensive coordinator is a guy with a limited amount of experience. and the other guy's a proven commodity when it comes to being a DC, but he's your special assistant. Now, if, if, if I'm decide, I'm looking at this twofolds. Number one, Patricia is a wealth of information for me. If I have any questions, I can go to somebody like a big brother and help me visualize and see things maybe that I'm missing, or maybe incorporate certain things that I might be missing. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, do, do I constantly have to look this way instead of looking this mm-hmm. way? You know, and worry about that. And when your head coach says Patricia is is a great resource, I get that. The head coach is saying, okay, he's helping me understand better what I'm supposed to see. But isn't that what your defensive coordinator is supposed to do also? You know,
5: yeah. I think well, it? it's interesting, Gun, because yeah. remember, they did the same thing on the offensive side with Marcus Brady yes. uh, for Brian Johnson because Marcus, now, he doesn't have the experience Matt Patricia does, but he's been an offensive coordinator. Yes. Um, and, you know, none of this stuff ever matters if you're successful. No. But if you're not, all of a sudden – People start looking at, well, in the case of the offense, I, I'm not as concerned because I think they're going to out-talent people. I, yes. I say it all the time. They're just so loaded on offense. It's not going to be bad. Um, defensively, there's a lot of wiggle room. Things could go wrong. The defensive front is tremendous. The The cornerbacks are really good as long as they stay healthy. <clears throat> But Abonte, he's already banged up. Um, and he's coming off of surgery. It's nothing new. I yeah. you know, but he's still working his way back. But everybody else that, especially up the middle of the field, you mentioned with the tackling, the linebackers are unproven, the safeties are unproven. Some bad things could happen on defense.
6: Absolutely.
5: And who's gonna get the blame for that? Sean Desai. You start getting the blame? What is saying? It's not gonna be oh. Jonathan Gannon. They can't blame Gannon if the defense comes out <laughs>
8: this
6: year.
5: They can blame him if they won. It's not going to work this year because he's no. not here.
6: But he's got enough problems in Arizona. Yeah. That he's got very a true. A lot of
5: problems in Arizona. Uh Buda Baker's not one of them. He's not coming here. Um, yeah. I mean, the first thing is natural. Hey, who else do we have in the building? I thought it was a curious decision by Nick to set up the staff he did because you have yeah. that extra layer that didn't exist when Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen were here,
6: right. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you can have too many cooks in the kitchen, you know, but like you said, John, if they're winning, it's Camelot. you know everybody's just happy. It's the system's working. And even if it's not working, John, I, I would be I would be surprised if we started to hear grumblings about you know people pointing fingers behind closed doors. I think the Eagles do a very good job of keeping a lot of extraneous stuff in house compared to a lot of other teams in the national football league. And and let's go back. You, you guys mentioned slay a little bit earlier and let's go back to, to, to the so-called uh, slay getting the, the, the heads up that that Patricia's coming here. Do you think in any way, shape or form, if Darius slay has said, I don't really want Matt Patricia here, the Eagles would not have brought him here. No, none. Zero. If Zero. anything, Slay would have been shipped out before yeah. Patricia. Yeah. So he yeah. has to make it work. But that's an interesting dynamic to keep an eye on. You know, it looks good on the surface right now, but how will Slay h- answer or respond if Patricia yells at him or yells at his grouping, especially if it's a hot day, that things are not going well. Game situation, <laughs> things just aren't going well. You know, could we see verbal... Uh, he ver- verbal discussions on the sideline, things like that. I think that's one of the more interesting dynamics of all of this that's being assembled for 2023.
1: All right, so let me ask both of you guys, because uh, you've both been reporters on the Eagles, uh, pretty uh, embedded. Has there been a player since Howie Roseman came back to power after Chip Kelly self-imploded? Has there been a player that you would say yes he has been consulted. He would be someone they would listen to that Howie Roseman would talk to about a potential move before they made it, adding a coach, adding another player. Do you think that there's been a player during Howie's tenure that uh, would have that kind of gravitas?
5: Um, I, From Derek's perspective, I'm interesting. From mine, no. I mean, Jason, nice. Kelsey's talked about it. None. No, I mean, how he's got to yeah. do his job. Jason has mentioned a lot of people made a big thing about Jason liking Cam Jurgens and giving right. the approval, but make no mistake. I mean, how he did the courtesy of saying, Hey, we're going to draft this kid. Just want to let you know. Uh, obviously we still love you, all that kind of stuff. But bottom line is how he's who? how he's taken. He's not, he's not, you're not worried about, you know, yeah. what a player thinks. Uh, So I would say emphatic no there, but interested to hear Derek's take.
6: I think, I think Howie and Nick do a great job of respecting the veteran presence in that locker room. I think if it got to that point, to answer your question, Jody, if it got to that point where Howie felt that there needed to be some, some soothing done, he has the, he has the utmost respect for the likes of Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, that if there needed to be that discussion, he would have that discussion with them. One thing Howie has told me on a number of occasions and has has tried to be consistent is he wants to have relationships with the players. Now, the bottom line is he's going to make the ultimate decisions, but unlike his predecessor, Joe Banner, who who told you, I'm not here to be friends with the players. They have a job. I have a job. And sometimes there's no, no middle road between us. Howie tries to appease um, and, and be a, a, li- a liaison, so to speak, to the players as well as the coach, and that's good. That's a good vibe to have. But you look at it, it, to, to what to what John's saying. Um, John, John makes a valid point. The GM doesn't have to consult anybody. You know, it's it's his job. He's getting paid to put the best product on the field that he can put he can possibly put. And when it comes to the veteran players that I just mentioned. All of them are secure in who they are financially, professionally, that at this stage, as much as they want to win and get one more shot at that ring, they're not concerned about who the front office brings in here. They all, all they're worried about is being the best that they can be to help this team be the best that it can be, bottom line. Yeah.
5: And I think where the Eagles have an advantage because it's, it, it's kind of counterintuitive as an industry as a whole because – Essentially, what they ask NFL players to do is, is, is help mentor their potential replacements. So a lot of guys don't want to do that. We've seen it in the past, most notably certain quarterback situations right. because quarterbacks are so high profile. Yes, But it happens at every position. However, there are certain guys, and the Eagles have this luxury, Jason Kelsey loves to help younger players. Fletcher uh, Cox loves to help young Brandon. All Brandon talked about the other day was yeah. that's his role now to make sure these young guys uh, keep it going is what he said. Uh, slays like that slays out there doing it for the entire NFL. Defensive backs are attacking each other on, on, on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. Now, the slay's playing mean? peacemaker. I asked yeah. him about it. Yeah. Um, They've done a very good job building the culture. Culture gets overrated, I think. A lot people use it as a buzzword, but for the Eagles, they got a strong locker room, and they got a bunch of guys yep. that just want to help younger players. and And gons right. Part of it's security. Part of it, they've been so good. Mm-hmm. You think about the core four plus Slay. They've been so good. Potential Hall of Famers, Pro Bowlers so they're confident in themselves.
6: Got their money. But that's
5: not that's rare. That's yeah. not common across the NFL. Would you agree with that, Derek?
6: Oh, there's no question about it. Um, and we, we hear constant bickering uh, through the channels, you know, all the time. But when you look at how this team is set up, the guys who are the veterans now learn their west- lessons well from those who preceded them. You know, it's like a it's like a relay race. The baton has now been passed, and those players that, that John and I have just mentioned are players that know they are in the twilight of their careers, and they came oh so close. Those who were holdovers from '17 came oh so close to grabbing that second ring, so they want one more shot at that glory. They're not they're not worried about their own identity. They're worried about trying to make this product as best as they can make it, because the road, the the journey they have to travel this season is by far much more difficult than the road they traveled just a season ago. So to get where they want to go, what do they do? They become not just leaders, but teachers. You know, every team's you know, MO is get as young as we can, as quick as we can, to keep this this pool, this this depth pool going. And we see the Eagles doing that with the, with the likes of what they've drafted the last couple of years. But they've done a tremendous job of having the right veteran presence in place to nurture these young guys and to, to let them know this is what is established in, in this. These are the do's. These are the don'ts. You have to fall in line. There's no, e- no, no either or. This is how we expect you to fall in line. Young people, what, what do little brothers do? They try to follow the patterns of big brothers, whether right or wrong. You know, in this case, that's what these young guys want to do. Who better to help them make the transition from the college ranks to the pros on how to be a professional both on the field and off the field than the four guys we just mentioned? Yeah. I mentioned that- Nolan
5: real quick uh, as a follow-up because that was a uh, great insight from D-Gun. Nolan yesterday said, and this is what I love about certain young players, the Alabama guys, Nolan, yeah, um, he said he told the bets, I don't know, shit uh tell me what to do i i, I that you know. is that is you know for a guy who's had that success five-star recruit uh coming into college two-time national champion that's usually these guys come in like i'm the big man on campus he's like i don't, I don't know i don't know what i'm doing you know guide me which i think is awesome Helps when you're joining a team that went to the Super Bowl because they can go, yeah, I'm going to yeah. listen. They they almost won
1: the damn Super Bowl last year. Of course, I'm going to listen to what my veterans have to say to me. All right, last question. D-Gun, no, you got to run. Um, And it's a Jody McFabe hypothetical. And I like to ask these hypotheticals, and they may not even happen, but it helps me to get a point in. What happens when, at the end of this year, DeAndre Swift has a really nice year for the Eagles, mm-hmm. and he and Jalen Hurts become tight? And he's a free agent at the end of this year, and he goes into Sirianni's office and says, "Hey, I, I hear that DeAndre's not close to resigning. That we don't value running backs like some other teams in the National Football League value running backs. I value DeAndre a lot. We what we got to do, we got to do to get DeAndre back here." Sirianni loves that connection between he and his players. Does he solicit Sirianni to go to Howie and go, hey, yeah, we got to open up the purse strings a little bit for DeAndre Swift. Our guy Jalen, who is kind of the face of the franchise, is going to bat for him big time. How does that work if DeAndre Swift has a big year and the Eagles, who proved this offseason, they'll only go so far to pay for the running back position? How's that going to play between the most important
6: parties of the Eagles? Howie, how like most GMs in the NFL, but based on what we, uh, across the board has a cap on what they're going to pay running backs. This is not a team that pays running backs premium money. He's not going to get Derrick Henry money here. That's for sure. You know, Derrick money. I mean, Derrick Henry may have seen his ba- last big contract Based, yeah. you know, when, when the running backs in the national football league, when you put them in packing order and how they're paid are just above kickers and punters, that tells you where the status is right now, running back yeah. in the national football league. And, if they were going to pay a running back, they would have paid Miles Sanders. I mean, think about it. He was already here, knew the system, had his finest year, showed he could be durable for the first time in his career. If DeAndre Swift has a big year, DeAndre Swift needs to put everything he can on tape to sell himself to the highest bidder. And let's see what happens after that. Because I think yeah. I think basically Howie will go out and do exactly what he did um, this year. Go out and find the best available free agents on the open market in 2024, get them at a bargain basement price and have Nick Sirianni implement them in his offense in 2024. I don't think we'll ever see the Eagles pay that kind of money yeah. that, that, that we've seen before for running backs. I just don't. Yeah. I'm with you, Degon. There's two, yeah. sh- two
5: sure paths for Rashad Penny and Deandre Swift to not be here next season. One is obviously playing really poorly. The
6: other is playing really well there you go there you go I, I i just i would be shocked i mean they don't they don't play linebackers they don't they don't pay running backs you know yeah. and, and that's i don't think that's going to change one iota every team has its own formula in terms of valuing certain positions and let's face it you know we've we've argued this point and it has frustrated us for years that when it comes to the linebacker and the running back, this team thinks we can do it by committee. We don't need to go out there and find the next, you know, Pro Bowl linebacker or Pro Bowl running back to be successful. And how can you argue argue against that when you look at the, the recent success they've had?
1: All right. But when DeAndre Smith outplays the 49ers, how much money does McCaffrey make? Like-
5: 16, 50, uh, 16. 16 million. million. Yeah, when yeah. he
1: goes out and outperforms McCaffrey in the NFC championship game here in Philadelphia in January, going to be tough to say, yeah, we'll just let him walk. We, Howie will go find us another couple of running backs for under 200 million. Women. A little bit tough. Miles didn't have the greatest finish to the season, which allowed people go, all right, we weren't going to pay that much for Miles. It'd be very interesting to see if DeAndre makes a bigger argument with a
6: better De, De, DeAndre on. better find himself another San Francisco 49ers team. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah.
1: We shall see. D-Gunn, thanks, brother. Appreciate you jumping in. You yep. and Rob this afternoon on uh, Sports Take. Have fun. Tell Ellis we said hi.
6: Sure will. Thank you guys for having me on. Anytime, man. Thanks, D-Gunn.
1: Derek yep. Gunn here with us on Birds 365. All right. Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We got to put a bow on the show. Uh, still a couple of things I want to hit in with my partner coming up next here on Birds 365.
8: G-L-E-S. Eagles.
1: Mac, Mac guys, back to put a bow on the show here on Bird Street 65. For those of you just tuning in, go back and watch the first hour in 50 minutes. Pretty damn good with both Jeff Kerr and Derek Gunn jumping in with us. Uh, for those of you who did miss the first hour and 50 minutes, John McMullen almost guaranteed he left himself some wiggle room that the Eagles will be in pads for the first time tomorrow, walk through today, no media observation, but uh, full blown practice tomorrow. And you can actually call it a practice because they could very well be in pads. They will be doing some 11 on 11. So it can be considered a practice, uh, I asked Derek Gunn about who he wants to see hit. And he rightfully smart, wisely said, Yeah, Nolan Smith, because he's playing at such a fast speed without pads on. See if he's as fast with pads on and he's talking up hitting. Uh, who else you want to see, Johnny Mack, when the pads go on?
5: Oh, uh I want to see the linebackers. I want to see nikobe and, and Nicholas Morrow and Christian Ellis. That's what my main focus is on because um uh, it's a concern. Um I want to see how that shakes out, especially because that's a physical position. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you you put that on the other side, uh, running back. So the two devalued positions that nobody cares about are the two ones you have to evaluate with pads on, ironically. Um, So who's going to emerge? You know, DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny. I think it's it's between those two to be the lead back. Um, And I think Swift has the advantage. But, um, you know, Rashad Penny's healthy Uh, every day that goes by. That's a positive. Um, And if he's healthy, he can run the football. We know that we've seen it. Um, So that those are the two most interesting positions because there's Question marks, you know, we know the offensive line is good. You know, can you got to see if Cam Juergens can hold it down, but they're good. They have options, even if he doesn't, the defensive front, as I call it, I don't even call it line because uh, they have so many variables, but the defensive front is incredibly deep, incredibly talented. You know, they're going to be good. You know, the quarterback's good. You know, the corners are good. You know, the receivers, at least at the top, are good. Um, Some angst over the third receiver, obviously. Um, It's a good team, but there's some clear concerns, and it starts at linebacker safety running back.
1: And the other thing we got as far as breaking news today was – the Eagles have committed to wear their Kelly Green jerseys at least twice in this upcoming season: October game at home against the Dolphins, November game at home against the Bills. If you dress well, you play well. I don't know if I believe that, and I just throw it out there. Uh, certain players think that's the case. Josh Sweat said, "Make the Kelly Green. It looks good. Make it the number one uniform." Not happening this year, but we are going to get a chance to see it, which is fun. Uh, looking forward to that. All right, are you looking forward to, after you leave us tomorrow, to head down to the NovaCare Complex, talking to Brian Johnson? Um, you've been there. You've watched practice, communication between the coordinators and the players and the like. I know it's a couple of days, and they're going to be judged over a nice lengthy period of time, not the first three days of practice. But have you been able to pick up any trends or traits on the way the new coordinators here in Philadelphia are going to do their jobs this year?
5: Um, a, a, a little bit, like I said, the two most obvious, if you want to look at one getting swift involved more in the passing game, and we'll see if that continues or if that's, you know, I always bring up back in the days of Danelle Pumphrey and Darren Sproles. So that was, that was a big emphasis until they put the pads on. So when the pads comes on, things can change. Uh Defensively, I mentioned the, the, the toggling between the 50 and 40 fronts, there's been more 40, uh, than last year. And Jordan Davis being involved is, is one of the biggest surprises of, of, of the early portion of camp, uh, just how significantly he's been involved with the 40 fronts. I, I wasn't expecting that. So, um, Maybe that means less five-man fronts, more four-man fronts, or maybe things change if they figure out, hey, guess what? Rashad Penny's gashing us. He's South gashing us. So we better get that extra body up front.
1: All right. Last question. And again, your uh, powers of observation are very good, uh, but I don't know if you picked up on this or noticed this. How often have the Eagles, offense against defense, run a 12 12- uh, lineups dual tight ends, and when they do, if they've got a back in the game, that means no third wide receiver. Have the Eagles on any preseason practice plays had three linebackers on the field? Has there been one play where they've had three linebackers on the field?
5: Uh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> not much 12 either offensively, yeah, everyone that's...
1: watched 12, huh? that, that, but that's. that's... That's, that's one of those more, things
5: to be gotten to. Yeah, that that will be gotten to when they get. They'll have some heavy run practices where they'll put more twelve, and they did the day two. They'll they'll get to that. They're not getting to what you just said, the three line. Now, occasionally a, a goal line, you might see it, um, but very that's, very.
1: That's it. Inside the two yard line, yeah. You might very get three line very practice.
5: rarely. Or, you know, if it's fourth and one, maybe, you know, they're doing a at midfield for the game. They might put an extra, but even that, they're going to go. They're
1: going defensive five line. defensive yeah. linemen. Yeah. So they're it, not adding an extra linebacker.
5: It's, it just doesn't happen anymore. And yet, Jody, you hear, oh, they're playing a the three, four. They're playing a the four. Oh, it just drives me nuts. It's
1: ridiculous. Yeah. Not even close. That's just not the National Football League anymore. Yeah. We grew up with three linebackers yeah. on the field. Shoot. Four linebackers on the field when they yeah. actually ran three, four yeah. defenses, even though outside well, you know, the they'll tell you,
5: Hassan Reddick, some people will tell you, well, Hassan's a linebacker because he's listed as a linebacker. Yeah. So if Nolan Smith and Hassan Reddick happen to be on the field at the same time, oh, they got four linebackers on the field. No, they don't. No, no they, they don't. don't. And uh,
1: saying anything else is just disingenuous, all
5: right. So, uh, the deal tomorrow, you're gonna
1: hang for uh, the start of the show and then uh, uh yeah. zip down to South Jer- South
5: Philly, zip down. Hope uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm making a plea to the I guess New Jersey Department of Transportation to please, please clear up 42 a little bit, uh, so we can get into under,
1: under construction or yeah.
5: what's the oh construction's it's unbelievable up. yeah sorry just constantly that.
1: if that's the way you're going to be going uh it may may the uh bridge be less traffic full on your way in and it is brian johnson tomorrow so then John will be back on wednesday to tell us if brian johnson lent them to any great insights and also share what went down uh, in Tuesday I, got,
5: I got a feeling we're going to get a couple it's early's from brian johnson it's early.
1: No. And we're a lot of that. He's not lying. You said you liked uh, Sean Payton because he tells the truth. That's true. He's Brian not lying. Johnson says it's early. Guess what? He's telling you the truth. It's well,
5: early. I'm not picking on Brian. Nick said it fifty seven times and Sean said it, I think, fifty three times. So it is early. Um, but yes. Um at some point, it's interesting when early will turn into not early. Yeah. It happens quickly.
1: It's now. Uh, we we'll, don't don't think we're getting it now just yet, but uh, we'll be interesting. I right, brother, I will be back here tomorrow. You'll be back here for a period of time, and then you got to head over to the NovaCare complex. But you and I start the show at least together tomorrow. You promise that everybody you'll be here for the start of the show tomorrow?
5: Uh well I'm day to day, but yes. Uh barring there's, there's no forty
1: two traffic excuses to be here for the start of the show. No. Maybe Bargain. to get the, the Eagle type yeah. but yeah. who knows you I should might, be able to make it here uh, tomorrow morning at I eight. Might m. blow out an
5: Achilles, you know. You yeah. know, you never know. Well, you might
1: have a honey-do list. You have to turn in and see if uh, McMullen's Achilles is intact. Yeah. Tomorrow, back here on Birds 365 in 2-2. Two and two.
3: You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs> the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football,